Hey everyone and welcome to Beyond the Beers, conversations with men that break the stereotype. I'm your host Mike Campbell and today I'm walking into the studio at the 2GB radio station here in Sydney to interview Mr. Ben Fordham. Ben, we're going to go beyond the beers. Welcome, mate. Mike, thank you very much, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. along. Yeah, exactly. Now, Ben, I want to dive straight into it. Now, yes. you've got, you know, you're obviously you're on the radio, you've done a lot of TV, you know, a lot of journalism and so on. So if I Google you, if anyone out there Googles you, there's plenty we'll find, right? <laughs> so what Have won't we find? Me? Have what, you yes, Googled me? Have you Googled me? Yeah. There's some bad stuff there. What won't we find, though? What won't you find? What won't we find about Ben There's Fordham? no nude shots. Yeah? There's no nudes. I've not released any nudes. Noted. I've not had anyone find me interesting enough to try and hack my computer. Or spy on you. To try and find nudes. Yeah. And if they did, they wouldn't find any. But no, I, uh, they, they, that's certainly something I can confirm. Very nice. There's no nude photographs of me on the internet. Noted. And hopefully, so, yes. it will remain that way. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that, okay, so let's dive into this. You know, Beyond the Beers is very much around... You know, supporting and challenge, supporting men and challenging the stereotype to some degree. So, so what would you say, as a man, mm. as a young boy, speak to a lot of men every day, as well as obviously women? What do you think are the big challenges for men in Australia today? What are the big challenges for men in Australia today? Look, I can't pretend that I've thought deeply about the big challenges for men mm -hmm. as opposed so to for challenges you? for women. Well, for me, I, look, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll let you know when I've got the answer to something and when I don't. And I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I mean, I, I suppose that the challenges for men in Australia today, in my eyes, are a little bit similar to the challenges for women. Yep. I mean, you would have a better understanding of the unique challenges for men. I know what my challenges are. I know what uh, the challenges will be for, for my son and for my daughter. Mm. But for men in general, I don't know. You tell me. What are they? You speak to more men than I do. Yeah, well, look, I think, and, and you know, we've covered this on the show before, I think there's a lot of pressure. Of course, there's, you know, so many hard things for women, but I'm not skilled in dealing with that, right? And for men, I see this, this immense pressure to be this version that is, you know, I kind of call it stoicism gone wrong, yeah. right? It's tough, it's unemotional, it's don't show weakness, all this stuff, which yeah. is a hard, hard do you reckon that's still? Do you reckon that's still as strong today as it? Thankfully, thanks to blokes like you and programs like this you probably have already knocked down a few walls in in that area i mean i don't yes. feel that same pressure today in 2017 as as i'm sure would have been there 20 years ago it's quite mm. normal i'll give you let me think of an example okay i was asked recently so this is two weekends ago two weekends ago i was asked by the boss of channel nine hugh marks to come to his home for dinner with him and his wife gail i've never met gail before hugh's the big boss of channel mm. nine my contract's up at Channel 9 at the moment. Perfect timing. What a great invitation to receive at a time like this. He's gathering a few people together from Channel 9. He wanted to know whether Jody and I wanted to join him for dinner. So I say to Jody, oh, guess what? Hugh and Gail Marks have invited us to their home for dinner. And Jody says, great. What date? She looks in the diary and she went, oh, that's the weekend that we're going away with the Canberra crew to Barrel. A bit of a reunion of yeah. people we've worked together with. And I said, oh, that's a shame. And she said, a shame for who? I said, it's a shame for the barrel weekend because surely we're going to go to Hugh Marks' mm. place. And Jody goes, you, you think so? She said, I've been waiting for this for months. She said, can't you catch up with him another time? So in the end, I said to Hugh Marks' PA, Jane, I said, look, just hold off. I said, I'm just, I can't confirm yet. Yep. Bit of a discussion with Jody about this. I said, just to bring you in the loop, Jody wants to go to barrel. I want to come to Hugh's. I said, she goes, and Jane says, in other words, you'll be going to barrel. And I said, no, 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 no. 
I said, I'm quite confident that I might win this one. So anyway, we went, we went to battle. Right. Very nice. <laughs> and when I met with Hugh recently, I said to him, I started off by saying, listen, thanks for the invite to dinner. I, and I explained to him, I said, mate, Jody made the call. And, and in the end, when I'm down there in barrel with my family, my kids, running around with all these other yeah. kids amongst people who I've known for years and years and years, I was like, no, no, Jody was right. Here's where I needed to be. Once so upon a time. what was pulling you to the dinner then? Was it the pressure of, yeah, that's look, what I, was I feel like this is the big boss? Yeah, once upon a time, it might have been mm. a case of, are you mad? No way in the world. Once upon a time, I would have said to Jody, look, I'm really sorry, mm. but this is more important than that. Yeah. But, and I think maybe once upon a time, the boss might have said, hang on a minute, buddy. Yeah. You know, it's not like, oh, you know what, that's fine. You go but off to barrel. is that because of the position you're in now? That oh, it might be time... a little bit of that, but I, I don't know. Here's another thing. I take my son, Freddie, to Channel 9 with me every Friday. He's not yet three. So I've been doing it for about a year and a half. Every Friday, Freddie and I jump in the car. We go into Channel 9. I do a spot on Channel 9 every Friday morning on the Today Show. And the first time I did it, I, was, I grabbed someone and said who Freddie knew and said, can you look after Freddie while while I'm on air. And they said, yeah, sure. And then the next time I thought, I don't want to keep it on annoying her. <laughs> so I would just look for someone and go, hey, Freddie, talk to this person. And so before I knew it, I have Freddie coming into work with me every Friday morning. I never asked anyone whether I could do it, never sought permission, but there's a bit of a vibe around the office that people like kids being around. Yep. They encourage that kind of thing. And I said to them at one point, I said to Darren Wick, who's my news boss at Channel 9, mate, I've never actually asked you for permission to bring in Freddie on a Friday. He was like, mate, he's part of the furniture. I'm sure 20 years ago that was not the done thing well, for blokes or for anyone right. to be bringing kids into the workplace like that. But now okay. it's, it's normal. Your question is, is, is that for everyone or is it because you're at a certain stage of your career? That yeah. I couldn't answer for you. But, but I know that times yeah. have changed and trends have changed as far as, you know, our expectations as in regards to what's the most important thing in life. Yeah, nice. And, and I think what I'm getting there from that as well is that this is ownership that you have taken as well. Yeah. Right? You're, you're willing to own that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, Perhaps the, the, the barrel or, or you know, dinner yeah. thing was a little bit different. but Well, I, an, another example about, I did four years of being on the Today Show every morning with Carl Stefanovic and Lisa Wilkinson and Georgie Gardner, Sylvia Jeffries, Richard Wilkins. Great time. Absolutely fantastic show. Really, really great time to be part of a show like that. But then one day, and I was doing the radio show every afternoon, so three and a half mm. hours on TV every morning, three hours on radio every afternoon, and a lot of other stuff going on. That I said to my wife I'd do that for one year, because she said, you can't do both jobs. I was like, I'll do both, I'll do it for one year, and then I'll work out which one I stick with. Four years later, I was still doing both. And then Jody and I started talking about having kids, and she said, yeah, but you don't really have time for them. I said, what do you mean? She said, like, there's not actually time in your life or your day for children to be part of that equation. So how have children changed the equation? Well, they've changed it dramatically, but I made a call at that time where I said, well, I'll quit one of those jobs in order for us to be able to, in order for me as a dad to not be a, a witness, someone sitting on the sideline yeah. to the upbringing of my children. Yeah. So I then broke the news to Carl Stefanovic that I was breaking up with him and no longer going to be on the Today Show. He said, mate, you can't do this to me. You've got to stay with me. You're not going. I was like, mate, it's actually not about you. It's about Jody. It's about Jody. It's not about Carl. 
But you so, had the conversation, which yeah. is actually, and this is part of the show, And the right? best thing, the best thing I ever did is that now every morning, apart from Fridays when we're going to Channel Nine, every morning it's Freddie and I wake up. Now nice. Pearl's there as well, and he says it's a debate between what cafe we're going to go to. We're going to Maggio's. <laughs> we're going to John's. Do I get a baby Chino? Am I getting a um, marshmallow? Am I getting a little? No. He goes and corrupts Sally at the shops and Jimmy at the dry cleaner for a Freddo frog, and that's my morning. So you've, you've decided to carve that out as a very important part of your life. Yeah, I'd say, and one of the reasons, because I came across so many blokes in my industry who confessed to me during trips away somewhere, you'd be in the bush somewhere having a yeah. few, on a road trip, having a few drinks, and, and older blokes had confessed to me, they go, oh, mate, I kind of stuffed up the, um, mm -hmm. the early part of my family life. And yeah. they would explain why. They were like, mate, I never got to see him. So you what know, blokes working on 60 Minutes. You imagine 60 Minutes traveling. I always wanted to be a reporter yeah, on 60 Minutes. Off on the road all the time. And then I got to do a few stories on 60 Minutes. And I met these cameramen and producers and whatever who were like, mate, I went to two out of my son's first 10 birthdays. So like, what, is the, what is the need for that? Why, why am I in that place? Oh, it's that human... Because yes, things have changed, absolutely. And I think everyone would, would say that. But it's very much still there. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's human common sense. It's just reaction. Like, it's greed. It's selfishness. I would selfishly rather be around my kids and my family. No offense to my colleagues, but my kids are more entertaining and they're cuter. <laughs> so it's like I would selfishly rather so be around that. what is pulling that. us away and being spectators? Oh, well, I would say a large part of it, considering we've been talking about the career side of things mm. and whatever, a large part of it would be that. A large part of it would be that the traditional role of the male in the marriage and I know that this doesn't apply to all families all the time these course, days, yeah. but generally speaking, the traditional role has been the breadwinner. Yeah. And that places a focus on the dad going to work, uh, a pressure on the dad to make sure mm -hmm. that they can make enough money for the family to get by. And if you can break out of that, if you're the million dollar entrepreneur and you've come up with a great idea and you don't have to go to work every day and you can hang out with your kids, great. But let's face it, that's, that's a one in a million. Course, there are lots yeah, of dads yeah. who have to be up before dawn and they're going off to work in a factory or they're going off to drive a cab or they're mm. going off to do a whole range of different things, a tradie or whatever else it might be yeah. to do. And they don't have the kind of choices that I'm lucky enough to have now, age 40, that I may not have had for the last 20 years. Yeah. And I think a very important you know, point there is that it's about providing, right? But there is many other ways in which we provide for our children, mm. right? So, of course, your situation is different, but you provide an yeah. emotional connection with sure. your son going to get that baby Chino. Yeah, right? but, but someone's got to provide the cash too. Yeah. Like, you know, that's all well and good. I know what you're saying. You're oh, right. Yeah, there's, other, there's other things yeah. to provide. It's just, there's not just the one But it's thing, like right? you need some money to buy the baby Chino, you know. Yep. So, you know, and I haven't, I haven't spent a long time thinking about this. It's only through this conversation mm. that you've said to me, where does that come from? Well, I would say a large part of it for a lot of dads comes from that thing of I've got to make sure that I've got yeah. to provide here for the family. Yeah. The amount of people I know, guys I work with, who will say, like Richard Wilkins, uh, who's been at Channel 9 forever, the entertainment editor mm -hmm. at Channel 9, and he works very, very hard and spends a lot of his life on a plane when he should probably be at home. But he's yeah. like, no, this is my job. I need to be there at that premiere. I need to be there at that red carpet. He'll often say to me, he'll... I'll, he'll knock off on a Friday and I'll say, what are you up to, Dickie? And he says, look, I'm flying to Perth to host this corporate gig. And I go, mate, can't think of anything worse. <laughs> and he says, mate, school fees, school fees. Yep. Carl Stefanovic says the same thing, school fees. You know, in other words, mm -hmm. hey, it's not yeah. because they go, I want a boat 
or I want a jet ski. Yeah. You know, it's that's not it. It's like, hey, I, I know. And even though they're both doing very need. well, they're yeah. both doing, but it's that natural thing of no, this will make life a little bit easier for yeah. for the family at home. Hopefully, it will. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about work a little bit. I'm interested to get into, you know, you've obviously got a very public life, right? Yeah. You have a lot of conversations publicly. Sure. Uh, some of them are probably harder or trickier than others. Then we have very private conversations. Same thing applies, right? Where do you find the hardest and trickiest conversations? Professionally or I don't. I don't find private conversations hard at all. No. Do you, have, do you lean into tough conversations? Yeah, in yeah, big time. Big time. In fact, I'm the person in my social circle yep. and family circle who has the tough conversations uh, so if there's a tough conversation to be had including friends of mine who've said hey can you talk to him about this okay uh, i've even had recently a, a married couple where someone came to me and said um, can you have a chat to my missus about this because we can't sort it out yeah, and right. i was like that's weird that you're asking me and he goes because she listens to you has it always been like that for you yeah i think so i was always attracted to adult conversation I always when we'd have the kids table and the adult table at home mm. I'd always gravitate towards the adult table yeah. I always liked talking to my grandparents so I would spend time on the phone with my grandparents and I remember at a younger age thinking I knew that that was unusual for kid for a kid of my age yeah. um, so I was always drawn to that and I was you know when you talk about having those serious conversations mm. my grandmother Vera who's no longer with us used to always joke she'd say to me why do you always ask me about that when I'd say to her I'd ask her about death. I'd say, what do you reckon is going to happen? You know, like, what do you reckon? Mm. You reckon there's an afterlife? And you reckon, blah, blah, blah. what do you reckon? You know, and she'd always be like, what are you talking to me about this for? I was like, well, Nan, at some point, you're not going to be around forever. And I've spoken to you about everything that there is to talk to you about mm. in life. So why would I not uh, one, talk to you about one this one thing? thing? Mm. I always hated that conversation. I first noticed it with my godfather, Brian. When he was dying, there'd be these hushed conversations outside. Yep. The yeah, hospital room. The ones, I think, so everyone would all go into Brian and go, Brian, how are you, mate? Yeah, no, you're going to be fine. You're going to be sweet. I remember taking a six-pack of beer in. You know, and I will be having, I'll put these here, mate. You'll be having one of these in no time. Yeah. And then we'd all leave the room and everyone would go, like, pardon the French, he's up shit creek. Yeah. He's up shit creek. He's a goner. They mm. reckon he's only got weeks to live. And I'm like, hang on a minute. And I it twigged. I was like, why are we all bullshitting him? Mm-hmm at his moment of most need. Instead of being real with him and actually so respecting where he's at. I let everyone else go away and I walked back in the room and I looked him in the eyes. He couldn't talk. Half his face was rotting away with cancer. And I said, mate, you're about to die. And everyone knows it. Your wife, Margaret, knows it. Your daughter, Becky, knows it. They're standing outside hugging and crying on the lawn outside right now. And mate, if you're up for the fight of your life, if you want to do the Don Bradman mm. thing and like the, the innings to beat all innings and yeah. go for your life. But if mate, if you're a bit over it, they're ready for you to go and you're not going to devastate them any more yeah, than they already are. Down or whatever it is, and right? I had this conversation with him and he started crying, looking at me and I knew, I said, you're listening to me. You can understand what I'm saying, can't you? And he said, and this, I would have been about, I don't know, 19 or 20. Yeah, right. And when it finished okay. that conversation, I called my dad in his office I said, you're not going to believe this conversation I've just had with Brian because he was his mate, mm. my dad's mate. Yeah. And he said, what? And I told him. He said, you said that to him? I said, yeah, I just said to him. He said, why'd you say that? I said, I don't know. I said, well, I figure everyone's bullshitting him outside the room. 
He's about to die. I figure someone needs to tell him. So how do you feel going into a conversation like that? I don't. I don't feel at all. You don't I don't. Feel nervous I right? don't prepare. No. I don't. I back myself that yeah. man to man, woman to man, whatever it is, I'm going to be able to have a conversation here and, and say to someone, "Hey, listen, this is what I think's going on." And so I then, my dad then jumped in his car and went from his office in and had that conversation with his mate because yep. he thought if my boy can do yeah. that. I need to be able to do that. He's, he's yeah, my yeah. mate. So that Interesting. that gave me a confidence yeah. and a level of... It's evidence, um, right? For the next yeah, time. Yeah, of being comfortable enough mm. to have conversations with people that they otherwise would not have. And I think it's a great gift to give to people when you're able to say, hey, let's have a bit of a chat here. Let's chip away at something that... That doesn't mean that you need to be a pain in the ass and go pestering them every no, well, couple of months and say... boundaries, right? Yeah, be thinking, okay, I think you've, you act like a bit of a dick, so I'm going to go telling you about yeah. it. Like, you know, there are odd occasions where those conversations apply and mm. I've had mates have them with me. But, yeah, Which I think is, that was you're a You're nice... quite fortunate. You know, a lot of men don't have that capability or oh, mates that. that can, you oh, know, be real with them. Yeah. Right? You know, sometimes it's as simple as... Like I've got some mates who are on a group message, mm -hmm. you know, like a group text message. Yeah. And it's not a regular thing. But if I've done something, like if I've done something, I've had something happen that's embarrassing to me publicly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it's something where I've done something, I've stuffed something up, I've said the wrong thing, or I've been, you know, someone's had a crack yeah, at me. Someone's just jumped on somewhere. something. Um, it's not unusual for mates of mine to photograph it in the newspaper or on the internet or whatever and then do a group message to a group of four or five people absolutely slamming me, right? Mm -hmm. In a nice way, a sarcastic, cutting way. There's still so a bit like... of love and respect in there and that's why <laughs> yeah. it happens in the first yeah. place, right? And look, that might be the modern equivalent or the mate's way of having a deep and meaningful. Yeah. But it's a way of going, hey, dickhead, you might want to have a bit of a look at yourself. <laughs> what were you thinking? And so... Do you find then, as you said, you know, your mates might come to you to have those conversations. You're clearly willing to have those kind of conversations oh, yeah, with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But do you find that they will come and approach you and talk about stuff that might not be about you, like mate, pull your head in, but you know, like oh, definitely, you know, our marriage is struggling and I'm and I'm definitely I'm or whatever it is, without a doubt. Yep. Yeah, no, without a doubt. In fact, I end up getting in conversations with people who I don't even know that well about things <laughs> like that. You'd be surprised. Because I tend to, I'm a journalist, so therefore I tend to ask people questions. It sounds like you are always heading that way. Yeah, way. and like I, I know of guys who I've met three times and I've heard something, mm. right? Like my wife has told me right. those two are splitting up, right? And I'm like, oh, really? I don't even know them that well. Jody knows them better than me. I'm like, okay. And then all of a sudden I'm standing here having a beer at a barbecue and I realize this is the guy. So I say, hey, mate, what's going on? How's everything going? Right, and I just chip away and then they realise, oh, hang on, he knows something. Mm. So then I have a chat. And then I hop in the car and Jody and say, I spoke to Mike about the divorce. What? What would you say to him? So I just brought it up. And so why, sometimes why do you people, people are, looking... are willing to have that conversation? Obviously, you're because asking. Because I'll tell you why. They are. That's why. Because someone asked. Because yeah. everyone else is walking around like the dead person in the room, the person who's dying in the room. They're yeah. walking around having the whispered the conversation the outside. Everyone's are in the kitchen saying, what about old mate out at the barbecue there? Right, it's all about to go pear-shaped on him. At least he's fronted up today, but no one's saying it to him. Yeah, so I think God the thing bless... I'm getting from you as well is that you've got zero judgment, right? And you're just there to listen. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, not. The judgment is what will prevent a lot of us yeah. from having those conversations. Yeah, no doubt. I, there's a bloke by the name of Drew Murray who I did a story on, story on many years ago and became a lifelong friend. Yeah. And if he's watching this, he'll he'll think it's funny that I'm quoting him. But he once said <laughs> to me, he said, 
I'm a difficult person to offend, Benny boy. And uh, he's, he's an old cranky old ship's captain yeah. uh, from Tasmania. And we've done, been a lot of wild adventures together. But he, um, yeah, that, that and don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining are the two quotes from him <laughs> that I won't forget. But I often think that about myself. It's like, I'm a difficult person to offend. Yeah. It's a, don't try me. You can say, you can tell me what you've done. You can tell me what's going yeah. on. And it's very unlikely that I'm going to go, well, I won't be talking to you anymore. Yeah. Like, but the, the thing is, many of us are waiting to be offended, and that's why we don't really want to share our own things. Right? Yeah, and look, equally, I don't mind a little bit of outrage and offence as well. Like, I, I'm not ashamed of sitting around a dinner table. You are a journalist. Yeah, and having a bit of a conversation, having a bit of poking the bear a little bit. Of course. Or throwing a grenade. Yes. I've got no problem with sitting at a dinner party and five minutes in thinking, oh, this is all a little bit tame. And just going, I'll just lob a grenade in that direction and, and see what happens. But, you know, when you've got friends, hopefully you can have conversations like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And, and that's obviously such a big thing. Can we connect with people and talk about the banter and the, and the stuff that we love to talk about and joke about? But can we talk about real stuff as well, right? Okay, so then, you know, speaking about tough conversations or, or maybe out of the ordinary conversations, there was a conversation that you were involved in sometime in 2008, 2009 that, that led to you being charged with a crime and being found guilty of a crime so I don't really you know I'm not too interested in going into what that was but I'm really interested to know that you're a, you're a public figure yeah. all of a sudden you're in the press for being you know charged with a crime sure. and found guilty how do you handle that how do you navigate that yeah yeah that was to do with a, a story that I was doing where we had recorded a conversation of a bloke trying to solicit a murder mm -hmm. and the police's view is that we should have taken that to them straight away instead of going down the path of kind of trying to solve it ourselves. Yeah. And there's also listening device laws as well, mm -hmm. which I think from memory were breached as part of that story too. They changed state to state. Had that been done right. in Queensland, we would have been okay. New South Wales, no good. But yeah, you brought a question about what happens when something like that happens. Look, there are probably two me's when that happened. Mm -hmm. There was the tough me who said to my mum and dad, I remember I was at my mum and dad's place at the time and I got a call from my producer saying, mate, a uh, bit of bad news. New South Wales police have called us and um, they are going to charge us over that story. I was like, you're kidding me. And they were like, no. So they, they charged the guy who we had exposed as yeah. trying to solicit a murder, but they charged us yeah. for the way in which we did it. And he actually said to me, look, we can either be charged by appointment, which is where they come to you and charge you, or if not, they'll come and arrest us. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I don't mean to laugh because it's funny now, but at the time I was like, holy hell. Yeah. I remember telling my mum and dad and, um, and I said to them, the tough guy me said, this will be two years of madness, millions of dollars in legal bills, not mine, thankfully, Channel 9's, mm -hmm. and we'll get a slap across the wrist and we'll walk out of the front door, front door of the court. So don't worry about it. But in, inside, I was, I was genuinely not so worried about it. I knew that I wasn't going to be, it wasn't the kind of thing that yeah. I would, would incur some kind of severe punishment. But yeah, you, you do, you know, when all of a sudden the cameras are turned on you and it's you walking mm. in and out of court and there's cameras and photographers and yeah. journalists and microphones and whatever, you know. And then there was one day when I didn't turn up to court because the Channel 9 lawyers had told me, no, you don't need to be there on that day. But Judge Elizabeth Fullerton had a different view and absolutely smashed me to the whole courtroom. Yeah. How disgraceful that this person hasn't turned up in court. Yeah. And of course, that's then reported everywhere. It's all this over is your the reputation place, you know. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when something like that happens, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's full on. However, I work in a business 
that reports on people's lives every single day, mm. whether they be the greatest day in their life or the worst day in their life. So the one thing I would never do is kind of have a bit of a sook over the yep. fact that when something like that's happening to me, uh, it's a tough day. So you took it in your stride, essentially, like this is almost my own medicine. To yeah, this is, all, this is all part of it. And, yeah. you know, like um, someone said to me once, to make an omelette, you've got to break a few eggs. And that's the reality. And is that what drove you to actually release it? Or just because, as you said, you didn't know state to state that differs? Oh, no, it was a red hot story. Yeah. It was an incredible story. And we knew, we knew that there were risks in telling the story. I mean, I'd be mad to say if I had my time again, I'd do it all again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. that would indicate that I hadn't learned a lesson. But did you learn? Like, what did you learn from it? Oh, I, I, I learned the finer points of the listening devices act of, yeah. <laughs> of whatever year and it was And what about drafted. yourself? Did you learn anything about yourself? You know, because as you um, said, all of a sudden the I learned, on you. I learned that I'm probably likely in life to take a risk or two. Yeah. I'm probably likely in life to take a risk. And did you find in I've that... always I've always been that way. I probably yeah. always will be that way. And you know, never underestimate the pursuit of a story. That's what I do for a living. I'm a hunter. I'm I'm yeah. a hunter gatherer. I'm someone who goes looking for amazing stories and and they don't all have to be hitmen organizing hits on on escorts. I know people like to yeah. think oh media journalists oh you're all after all the bad news out there. No, story, no, for yeah, every yeah bad story there's a happy story but i just love stories as we've established through having this conversation that's like Absolutely. having a chat and yes. how good's having a chat that's exactly why i make this show and look <laughs> i think we'll wrap it up there that's exactly why i wanted to come in here and and, and thank you again for bringing us in my, my pleasure so we could get to know the ben fordham that is uh you know perhaps behind the camera or, or behind yeah. the microphone a little bit and uh, and have a good yarn thanks for having Mike, us uh, thank you here, mate. mate thank you very much and if Absolutely anyone does pleasure. have any of those nudes out there please don't post them online I'll let you deal with that one. Thanks, buddy. Good on you. Click on the link below and go to beyondthebears.tv. There, you can sign in to watch the rest of the episodes for free, as well as all the episodes of the show. Otherwise, make sure you share this episode with at least one man you think will enjoy or benefit from it. Now, go out into your own life and start having these more meaningful conversations. Ask for help. Ask a mate how he's really doing. Or if he just wants to have a real conversation and go beyond the beers.